Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Mike Gilmartin. With over 30 years of experience in accounting and finance, Mike has spent the last 21 years with M. Davis & Sons Incorporated. As a consummate leader and mentor for the entire M. Davis team, Mike worked his way from assistant controller to CFO. As CFO, he is instrumental in developing financial strategies to sustain company growth and stability. In addition to having a BS in accounting, Mike has attended strategic courses through the Wharton Executive Education Program, received project management training through Associated Builders and Contractors, and leadership training with the Construction Financial Management Association. Mike is active with all three of the M. Davis captive insurance programs, including serving as Secretary of the Executive Committee for Well Health, an employee benefits captive plan. He also continues to be an active member of the Delaware Construction Financial Management Association, where he previously served as chapter president. When not busy at M. Davis, he is cheering on various New York sports teams, attempting to play golf, and spending time with his wife and two daughters. Mike, welcome to CFO Weekly, and thank you so much for taking the time today to share your experience with us. Megan, thank you, and I look, uh, I look forward to our conversation. Yeah, working remotely has been a way of life for many of us for the past nine months, and although the benefits are plentiful, that doesn't mean it comes without its difficulties too. Today, we're going to be talking about managing a remote workforce, what you found to work well and maybe some things that haven't. So without further delay, let's get started. First, tell me about your career progression. How is it that you got to where you are today? Sure. Uh, Out of college, I was hired by a local accounting firm here in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, There I got experience in almost every area of accounting, audits of both profit and nonprofit organizations, taxes, whether income tax, sales tax, or payroll tax, compilations, etc. During that time at that firm, I visited several clients monthly to prepare their bank reconciliations and do their fixed asset accounting. When you do these tasks for several clients, you start to learn how those different companies operate and what their internal culture is like. Learning all those skills helped me become a well-rounded accountant. But after three years with that firm, I moved to a larger local accounting firm. Three years later, with that new accounting firm, I was deep into my sixth tax season and was starting to feel that public accounting wasn't for me. I was actually considering culinary school All through high school, I worked in the restaurant business, and in college, I worked in dining halls and bartended at several several popular watering holes on campus. Um, So I always loved food and entertaining and thought that would be my path. Um, However, my newlywed bride was not a huge fan of the hours and schedule uh, that would entail. Luckily, in March of that tax season, I received a call from the controller of M. Davison Sons, a successful construction company in this area. They happened to be one of the clients I visited monthly for the first accounting firm that I worked for, doing bank racks and fixed asset accounting. They were looking for an assistant controller. M. Davis is a well-known company in the area and had been in business since 1870. So I didn't think it was a, that risky of a jump to uh, move to M. Davison, uh, April of 1999. I've been here for 21 years now, 
and I progressed from assistant controller to controller to treasurer in 2013 and finally CFO in 2015. So that, that was my path to, to where I am now. That's a great story. And uh, yeah, I'm sh- the hours for public accounting can be a beating, but I imagine that in the restaurant industry, they're a lot worse. So uh, yeah, I agree with your wife. Yeah, and I agree too, but I didn't realize that the hours working for a construction company were going to be even greater. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any particular stories or moves that stand out in your mind as turning points in your career? Yeah, I, I guess there were probably two. One, well, there's more than two, but two that really stand out. One was after visiting a client annually and making what I felt was good suggestions to improve their accounting practices. I'd only return a year later to find that none of those changes had been implemented. I realized I wanted to be somewhere I could make suggestions and really help a company grow. Also growing up playing sports and realizing the value of teamwork and leadership, I really wanted to help build the team and help lead it to do its best. I felt like I wasn't getting that in uh, the accounting, in public accounting. So uh, watching people reach beyond where they think their limits are truly makes me happy. I also like the idea of working with the the blue collar workforce rather than the white collar workforce. This is not a shot at the white collar world uh, as I still need to play in that, that world, but I'm the son of a New York city cop and nurse. So I always felt comfortable in the blue collar space space. I think, uh, I think bartending helped me, helped me there too. For those reasons, I felt making the jump from public accounting to the construction industry uh, really worked for me. The other story was during the 2008-2009 economic downturn. The M. Davis executives here, while analyzing costs throughout the company, let my boss go instead of me. And you know they really put their trust in me. This move now meant I would not only have to understand the job costing side of our business, but I would need to start building outside relationships with bankers, lawyers, insurance brokers, CPA firms, 401k and IT advisors. I had a lot to learn, but those relationships proved to really help me during that downturn and even more so now during the uh, pandemic. So really those are the two stories that really stand out to me. So talk to me about your current organization. What, what is it that they do? Okay, so M. Davis, uh, first of all, we're headquartered in Delaware. We do most of our work in the Mid-Atlantic area. We are an industrial contractor that we like to say is one source for all. We have core skills in mechanical, electrical, fabrication, ASME vessels, controls, automation, process and piping, fabrication, equipment installation, and rigging. We really do it all as a construction company. Our years of experience back our commitment to quality, drive, and innovative solutions with our which our customers love. Uh, we are an award-winning fifth-generation owned industrial construction company that builds, installs, and services corporate and government facilities with engineering expertise and state-of-the-art technology. We focus on safety and impeccable workmanship. We drive projects in new construction, expansion, maintenance, and capital development, and are a key partner to companies in fast-changing and highly regulated industries, such as energy, pharmaceutical, chemical, oil and gas, technology, and food and beverage. We truly believe we are one source for all. 
Sounds like a great place to work. Sounds like you probably get to wear a lot of different hats. Certainly does. Okay, so did M. Davis, did they offer a work from home or flexible work arrangement prior to the pandemic? Or was that something new to come out of the pandemic? No, we, we did offer it. Um, but when you talk about our employee base, you have field employees and you have office employees. And obviously the uh, field employee can't work remotely. We were lucky that most of our customers were considered essential. So our field employees could still be out in the field. Now there were new precautions that they had to deal with, like social distancing and wearing masks. And you can just imagine how that would limit the construction worker out in the field. We did, however, for our office staff, we did offer limit, I would say limited remote working, uh, working from home. And we did promote flex time. So we, we were prepared, but never could have imagined, you know, how one day all of a sudden we'd have to flip the switch and everyone would be at home. Yeah. I mean, I think starting 2020, that was just an unimaginable circumstance. So tell me a little bit about the changes you made as an organization when it became clear that we were heading into this situation where people were going to have to quarantine and work remotely. Yeah, so um, I'm sorry, I'll start with the field again. They, they did have to adhere to new personal protective equipment rules like gloves. The, the standard rules were gloves, safety glasses, hard hats, steel-tipped uh, boots, and reflective vests. Now they had to work with masks on. Not an easy task when you're working in hot, humid areas. But as far as the office goes, we needed to make sure that those working from home had all the right equipment to do so. Just like our employees in the field have to have the right tools, our employees at home have the right tools. And that didn't just mean IT-related stuff like monitors, scanners, printers, and keyboards. It also meant side tables to help spread out paper whiteboards uh, that they could brainstorm on, uh, even proper office chairs. We had people come in and get their office chairs because you know they were sitting on a couch or a kitchen chair or something like that. The other thing that we've all had to get used to was video conferencing, whether it's Teams, Zoom, go-to meetings, whatever that video conferencing uh, medium was, you had to get used to it. You know, How do you set up a meeting? How do you control a meeting? That, that was something I think that a lot of us had to learn and it wasn't easy to, to, to accomplish at first. How do we get people to collaborate at meetings? It's pretty easy for people to hide, hide behind uh, their initials uh, in a meeting. So really, how do you get people to speak up? We also had to make changes to the building because we still did have people coming into the building. So, you know, masks had to be worn inside the building. Conference rooms had to be limited. Even bathrooms had to be limited to the number of people. We put up hand sanitizing stations around all the exits, uh, new rules when eating in the company lunchroom. So yeah, a lot of things had to be put in place, but uh, I, the remote working, uh, working from home, uh, that was something that all of a sudden happened. And uh, I am proud of the way people handled it. Uh, they took it pretty professionally. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like you guys had to make a ton of changes. So how long did it take to implement those changes? Weeks, months? I, I would say weeks, uh, not months. People got the, the hang of it pretty quick. You did have to learn how to really hold a meeting, how to get people to talk, how to 
get people to be more collaborative because again people could just kind of shut down on the other side and yeah. and use their screen uh to maybe make them unseen so what have been some of the surprising benefits that have come out of the remote work environment for you yeah that's a good question um the biggest surprise was finding out that many of our processes and procedures needed upgrading and our team embraced this pretty quickly an example would be our monthly work and process meetings or what we affectionately call WIPs. WIPs help us review the financials of every project that's currently running. Pre-pandemic, we would take about a full two days of meetings every month, rotating different project teams in and out of these meetings. These meetings were very time consuming for people, not just during the actual meeting, but travel time to get here and sit through the meeting. Without being able to meet, we needed to change the process and those involved led to the challenge now less people are involved, questions are answered electronically, and the process runs smoother. We are still getting the great information, but never in a million years did I think we were going to get away from doing those meetings. Uh, but we have, and we are successfully. I mentioned field personnel before. Uh, quarterly, each division, pre-pandemic, each division in our company had a foreman and leadman meeting, usually run by their project manager or, or superintendents. All kinds of topics were discussed between operations, accounting, human resources, and safety. It was really a sounding board for the foreman and leadman. Most of these individuals work in the field and are not technology savvy. So switching to Microsoft Teams was a challenge for them. But I think now they realize that making that technology jump wasn't that hard. And I see them now being more accepted of different technology. They save time by not having to travel to a central location to meet and field personnel are really starting to accept new technology which will only help this entire company as we move into the next decade yeah that's really interesting i mean you're not the only cfo that's told me that their meetings have become a lot more efficient over or when done virtually so that that's kind of surprising to me yeah, um, it definitely is more efficient. Um, again, I, I think we miss a little bit of the face-to-face, -face, a little bit of the collaboration. I think collaboration fails just a little bit. I worry a little bit about culture. You know, we, we spent many years trying to develop a strong culture here, and now that people are working from home, how do you maintain that culture while kids and dogs are running around in the background? <laughs> so what is your advice for managing teams remotely? Uh, again, I think make sure they have the necessary tools um, at home. Know when, to, know when to mute everyone and when not to. After asking questions, pause longer and wait for responses. People may be apprehensive to speak up right away, so give them time. Encourage them to collaborate amongst themselves using Teams or whatever video conference form they use. You know, it doesn't always have to be in the in the in the main meeting. They could branch off and, and do do side meetings. I also like having everyone's face visible instead of just the initials. I've always felt body language is important, and you miss out on some of that when you can't see that person. Obviously, you want to make sure everyone's hearing your message correctly, and facial expressions uh, can let you know if someone's becoming disenchanted or disengaged maybe a, a better word. I also am a proponent of trying to control email. Email has 
really jumped up since the pandemic. Uh, the number of emails has really jumped up during the pandemic. So I, I try and encourage people to learn new email etiquette. Uh, for instance, sometimes an email to an entire group winds up becoming an ongoing thread between two users that clearly don't involve the others on that thread. So I suggest, you know, if you notice this happening, remove the others from that strand. You need to engage them later, then fine, do so. But we certainly need to be mindful of traffic jamming everyone's email addresses. Yeah, that's great advice, particularly the video feature. Um, I know a lot of people are probably staying in their pajamas all day and uh, most people don't like to turn on the video, but it is important to see people's faces and make sure they're not multitasking or like you said, becoming disengaged. So that's great advice. And how do you keep your employees engaged remotely? You know, I, before the pandemic, I did not meet with the accounting department weekly. Um, I, I left that to them to themselves. Um, so I, I made sure that I've attended every accounting department since we've been working remotely. That being said, I want to be cognizant of not wasting their time. I, so what I do is I give them a brief overview of what's happened throughout the company because it is definitely something they miss out on not being in the office. You know, you don't, you don't get that water cooler talk or your coffee break talk where you hear what other people are doing. So by working remotely, they only get to see their small piece of the world and not the big picture. So I like to tell them what's happening company-wide. I also try to make sure I talk about other people that they might not get to see anymore. Prior to the pandemic, I think they looked at each other as coworkers. Now I think they, they realize that these coworkers were also friends too. So they miss seeing the, these people. So I try to incorporate stories about them, usually humorous stories work best, but I, I think that's how we, we keep them engaged by making sure they hear what others are doing in the company and what the company itself is doing. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's so easy to feel like you're on an island when you're sitting in your kitchen working or wherever you may be. Yeah, that's tough. So how can we help those who might be struggling to adapt to this more autonomous work environment? Yeah, I really do worry about this. I worry about the long-term effects working remotely has on our co company culture, like I mentioned before, on individuals' mental health. You know, Zoom fatigue is a real thing. You, know, you do enough Zoom meetings during the day and it wipes you out. Bumping meetings are lost. You know, that, that casual, hey, I have this idea. Those are gone. Brainstorming sessions don't seem the same but we need, again, we need to make sure that they have the right tools at home. We need to make sure that we're communicating with them on a regular basis, making sure they are not, not just sending emails, but picking up the phone or having video conferences. These two options bring in more of the human element than email does. Every once in a while, we send them Uber Eats or DoorDash cards to let them know that we're thinking about them. Yeah, let them know you know what they are going through and how much you appreciate the work that they do. But yeah, really pay attention to those people. Yeah, I know, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning, therapy sessions are up big time in 2020. Yeah, we actually have a, uh, a consultant coming in who's going to meet with coming in, Zoom. I say coming in <laughs> like 
like they're coming in, which doesn't happen anymore. Uh, we have a consultant who is going to work uh, with us as, as a group and give us little tips and tricks on the better ways to work from home. And I, I look forward to that because I do think it's in, in, important. Uh, you really have to establish your own guidelines at home. And this is when you're in the office and this isn't. So I, I look forward to that opportunity of, of getting that uh, training, which I believe is happening in January. Yeah, that sounds super interesting. I'd be, uh, yeah, interested to know what comes out of that. Sure, I'll keep you. I'll keep you in the loop. So we all want to be recognized and rewarded for good work, but obviously that becomes a lot harder when you're out of sight. So how do you suggest employees stay visible to their managers? Yes, that that, that can be tough. However, I, I would I would say that most good managers know who's stepping up to the plate and who isn't. Um, I would encourage employees to give a shout out to other employees who helped them or discovered a better way of doing things. That makes really both employees feel better about themselves. Uh, in some meetings, I make it a point to go around the room, so to speak, so each person can speak and they can just chat about what's going on in their work life and sometimes even in their personal life. But really pay attention to what they're saying during that time when you go around the room. And you'll pick up little clues to see uh, where someone's excelling or not or how people are staying visible, uh, as you put it. But yeah, you really got to pay attention and, and, and listen to your, your people more than ever. So are there any new tools, technologies, or processes that you guys have implemented in 2020 to help your employees? Yeah, other than the obvious, like Teams meetings or Zoom meetings, our employee portal uh, has really been a, a new tool. It's uh, really taken off. They can go in there and do a number of things for that employee portal. So that's kind of been exciting to watch that kind of explode. But the biggest thing I think helped me during this uh, difficult time is relationships that have been built prior to the pandemic and how much they can help. I push on our employees to continue to work on that strong network of our business partners and uh, keep uh, reaching out for, for advice from them. Yeah, and your network has become so, so important during this time. And then, yeah, really? you, you mentioned uh, bringing the consultant in. So I guess that's another thing that you've done for your employees Yeah, are the, going to do. Yeah, the, the, the networks uh, that have been built uh, just prove how invaluable they are. Yeah, I, I think we take them for granted, but not this year. <laughs> Agree. And lastly, as we begin 2021, what is keeping you up at night? <laughs> Everything and anything. <laughs> um, how long will this pandemic last? What will the new president change bring uh, when he comes in, when he takes office? What new laws are Congress going to make that affects the entire company, you know? Rules are changing every day. Uh, when they came out with the um, payroll protection program, those rules seem like they change daily, and they still seem well. They still are changing. So it's kind. It's constantly got my mind twisting. What What else will change? I also constantly think in my head. You know, which one of our uh, contractors or customers are the good contractors? Which ones or, or customers? Which Which ones want to work with us? which ones want to make money with us as opposed to the ones that want to make money in spite of us. Yeah, you're right. I mean, 2020 was an interesting year, but 
uh, it seems like 2021, at least the start of it, is going to continue to be a very interesting time. So I'm excited and a little bit nervous to see what's coming. Yeah, I'm excited. At the same time, I'm very, very proud of M. Davis, uh, all the people who work for this company. They have really stepped up to the challenge. And while the months have been difficult, when I look back over the year and the successes we've had, it really fills fills me with a, a lot of pride. And I just hope that the rest of the employee base also feels that same pride. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like you guys are a tight-knit team that has done some wonderful things in 2020. Yeah, and uh, so... I, I always tell uh, I always tell our people that we need to keep swinging. You know, don't let any of this knock us down. Keep swimming, swinging, keep getting up. And uh, hey, we'll take more punches from 2021, but we'll we'll keep at it. Yeah, I'm amazed at uh, the versatility of people and just how quickly they can adapt and and rise to challenges. Yeah, it, it's really really special when you see people rise up. It, it's it's really cool. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. I've enjoyed speaking with you and getting your perspective on how we can more effectively manage our remote teams. Great. Thanks, Megan. I really appreciate the talk. Yeah. And to all of our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode as well. Please tune in next week. And until then, take care of yourselves. If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personiv. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personiv can do for you by visiting personiv.com. You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personiv. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out Personiv.com. Thanks for listening.